Mean Woo G. Hey, and welcome back, true reviewers, to the Ready, Set, Review podcast. We are super excited, as always, to be with you on this Thursday night. Not that it really matters because it's not that you're going to listen as we do it. We have to edit and post. That's how this shit works. <laughs> so it'll be up eventually. I mean, I'm sure you guys will get a chance to listen to this, you know, at some point. Yeah. Yeah, so, we're, we're recording on Thursday because, uh, obviously, uh, Monday was New Year's Eve. And if our uh, if our intro uh, wasn't any hint, we want to talk about the passing of our dear friend Mean Gene Okerman. Yeah, Mean Gene Okerlin was Okerlin. Uh, sorry, no, that's right. Uh, he was one of the the greatest, uh, as they call it in wrestling, uh, one of the greatest stick men. Um, he was uh, an interviewer. He did backstage interviewers. He did um, uh, in ring interviews as well. Uh, and he was just you know. One of the legendary voices of wrestling from all of our childhoods. I mean, it's hard to, to go back and think about uh, professional wrestling uh, when you were a kid and, and thinking about Hulk Hogan in the 80s without thinking about Mean Gene and some of the segments that he used to do on Tuesday Night Titans or, you know, all of the, the older shows, the Saturday Night's main event and everything else. Um and, uh, you know, such a tragic thing. Every single person that has been in the wrestling universe has just had nothing but positivity to say about Mean Gene. And, um, yeah, such a, an untimely passing. Um, uh, it, apparently it came from uh, complications from a, a bad spill that he took. And, um, yeah, because he was only like 76, right? Yeah, 76 years old. And from what I understand, most of the time he was in pretty good health. And then he took a bad spill and his, uh, he cracked some ribs from it. And uh, after that, his health started to deteriorate very, very quickly. And, um, and then all of a sudden, he just uh, kind of stopped breathing and, and unfortunately has, uh, is no longer with us. But, um, you know, certainly uh, somebody that we would definitely like to, um, to pay homage to and, uh, would certainly, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be the person I am today and Matt wouldn't be the person he is today yep. without uh, understanding and having experienced, you know, the, the absolute awesome interviews of me and Gene Urkelin. Yeah. And for those of you in the younger generation that might be listening to us that aren't as well versed in wrestling culture as we are, you probably recognize me and Gene from pretty much every single wrestling meme that's ever been made where they're showing a backstage interview i would say 98 percent of the time the person with the microphone is mean gene mean gene yeah <laughs> and anything that happened in the early 90s or 80s you know even he, he i think he went to wcw in late 1993 yeah sounds um, about right and he was in uh, he was in the uh AWA before coming to WWE in the 80s once Vince McMahon Jr. started to acquire uh, – he just went on a talent uh, frenzy yeah. and started to acquire talent from all over. And he, he came to uh, came to WWE with – alongside of a, a lot – see, a lot of people don't know this, but came with uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mm. Um, uh, also came with the British – or no, not the British Bulldogs, but um, – because they came from Calgary. They came from Stampede. Uh, but Hulk Hogan. Right. Hulk Hogan came from AWA as well and then you know obviously Mean Gene and, and, uh, and a handful of others that were there and, and AWA was really the other big big name aside from the NWA so there was the WWF the Worldwide Wrestling Federation 
um, and then uh, the AWA and the NWA and uh, AWA. If you go back and uh, if you ever have a chance to watch the the WWE Network, um, you can watch some of the old stuff from uh, the late seventies and early eighties, and you know just get a chance to see like, wow, that was really the precursor for a lot of the things that that WWE became in the late eighties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, big shout out, Mean Gene Okerlund, rest in peace, buddy. We will never forget you. You know, I did want to, I mentioned memes real quickly. And, you know, since we are the, uh, <laughs> the foremost podcast for uh, movies, music, comic, and culture, I just want to talk about quickly this Instagram uh, glitch that happened oh, the, Instagram the other day. Start, starting <laughs> off with the culture segment of our show. So I actually <laughs> didn't even see this happen. Did you actually see the new Instagram? Oh, yeah. Because it got it. taken away instantly. Yeah, like, you know, it was so funny because like I was like freaking out. And I'm like, what is this? And then all of a sudden with the Ready, Set, Review Instagram page, I was on it and I was trying to, to do our morning post. And, uh, and all of a sudden it was so weird. And I'm like, wait, it's like – it's like it's it's not vertical it's horizontal i'm like this doesn't make any sense i'm like it's so wonky i'm like i can't speed through things i'm like i hate this and then like within like an hour maybe i saw the i saw the memes that people had started making about it before i even saw like the glitch had already come and gone and i'd already there were already like thousands of memes out there you know the classic like monster typing on the keyboard it's like instagram offices immediately after the release you know (laughs) everyone's freaking out Uh, so i don't even i don't even know what it looked like i I can imagine but i didn't even get to see i'm kind of of almost like almost like tinder <laughs> like, it was like swipe left and swipe right, you know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was not good, but I'm glad they changed it back. Oh, quickly. smart, smart so, on their part. Yeah, so uh, you know, hey, sometimes you, you know you, you throw it out there, you try it, and then you get the extreme backlash, and people are like, things are different. Exactly. Like and you know, so, I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, I didn't like it, so you know, it's it's not that it was a bad thing to do things differently, but like, it sounded like a stupid idea. Yeah, maybe it really did. maybe poll the audience. You know, maybe do an audience poll and say, "Hey, do you think you guys would like this?" And if they're like, "No, that's yeah. stupid," well, then maybe you shouldn't do it. So then, um, so on the topic of culture as well, <laughs> the other thing that caught our eye this week um, was Carlton. Oh, of my the gosh. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, who's what's uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, right? That's his real name. Correct. Yeah. Um, he and and some a uh, couple of other idiot rappers, not together independently, um, are are suing Fortnite over the rights to the Fortnite dance, which he is saying he invented as the the Carlton the dance. Carlton dance, right? You know the the famous Carlton dance, and he, yeah. I think he even did it in an episode of Dancing with the Stars that he was he did. on. He did, you know, and that was like one of the things that he won with. And he, I mean, he is the one who made it. You know, he made it a thing. He made it famous, right? But like, come on, he's gonna sue Fortnite over like the it's just it's the dumbest. It's this is like the world we live in. Yeah, it's the dumbest thing hey, I've ever. If you, can you know, sue, why not sue? Yeah, guess. apparently you can sue for literally anything. Oh. Um. So yeah. and just you know, full disclosure, 
we're not going to follow up on this story because it's fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> it really is. Like, <laughs> it really is something. Because, like, why does he have the rights to that? Just because he made it famous dancing well, see, that's on the, the show. Thing. I don't like, think he Wouldn't does. it be the choreographer from Fresh Prince who created it? Wouldn't it be the director or exactly. like, the producer who really owns the rights? Like, I think it's like an intellectual property thing. I mean, like, we would need to consult, you know, friend of the show, Kevin, who is a lawyer about this. Yeah. But I think it's like one of those intellectual property things where I think even though he technically technically created it because he did it for the show. Yeah. I think I remember reading that, that he doesn't really necessarily have a legal foot to stand on in this. And I think it's probably just another situation of, you know, sad to say a sort of um, one hit wonder star. Cause he really isn't popular for anything else other than being Carlton, just right. trying to stay relevant, yeah. whether that's actually what it is or not, or he feels he really has a, a claim to this and, and, and Fortnite is feeling it from it. And also too, uh, neither one of us here at Ready Set Review are players of Fortnite. No, um, I, no. I personally think it's kind of dumb. I mean, it's a it's a third person shooter that's a free game. I like the fact that it's a free game. Where yeah, you, can, you know. Let me rephrase I mean, it. It's not kind of dumb. I don't understand why yeah. it's so popular. I mean, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's popular with the kids today. I guess. Oh, know? that's and, why. Okay, and, you know, and, and oh, just the Fortnite dances. That <laughs> starting to do. It's just like. I'm not going to lie, I was tempted to download and play Fortnite when they added Thanos as a playable character. Oh, right, 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 Like, right. I was very tempted just right. for that, but then I, but then Spider-Man on PS4 came out, and I was like, well, I clearly have better things to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Red Dead and, and exactly. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and there's so many other games that you can play. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know. Spend your time before, wisely, kids. You know, let us know what you think. You, you know, if you think he, it's cool that he's suing or if that... Uh, you know, well, you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, just, I don't even know. I'm at a loss for words there. I just, uh, you know, certain things are just so stupid you can't even really talk about them. You know, I, you know, good on him. Maybe he's trying to grab a little bit of extra publicity. You yeah. know, uh, any press is good press, I guess. So let's talk about the real news of the day. So it's been, you know, we did a, a New Year's episode with our friend Lou Taylor Pucci. It's a great interview. Uh, it'll be up by the time you hear this episode. So make sure you go and listen to that. It was a great, uh, nice long episode. Yeah, long it's a little interview. bit longer. Um, really, really cool. We got a chance to work with the guys from A Shared Universe uh, and actually get a chance to use their studio uh, to record yeah. it. And it was just such a cool experience. And um, we'll be and, back. And yeah, we'll definitely be back and, and get a chance to record there again. Um, you know, so really looking forward to that. And we just, it created like an awesome, just ambiance and environment to be able to, to record a podcast in and to be able to do a show and, um, you know, guaranteed, you know, definitely listen to the interview. I guarantee it'll make you laugh. Lou tells some great stories, some really interesting stories about, um, people that he's worked with and, um, Jesus boners. Oh, Jesus boners. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Keanu Reeves thinking that he is a stalker and everything like that, you know, so good. really, really, really cool. Really um, cool couple things that we didn't get a chance to uh, to talk to him about that we wanted to and we just we went on a little bit too long we were trying to kind of touch on a, a number of different aspects of his life and, and things that he's done but uh yeah hopefully for uh, for the next time we get a chance to interview him you know we'll get a chance to uh to dive into some of the the other cool things um there's a great clip that I wanted to talk to him about, which you can go on and you can actually watch it on YouTube. There's a TMZ interview with Lou right after uh, Evil Dead, the Evil Dead remake came out. And he tells this ghost story that he <laughs> and Chris Pine had uh, experienced and they had slept in different rooms but experienced the same sort of ghost 
experience. And, you know, I was hoping to get a chance to talk to him about that, but we'll get a chance to talk to him about it next time. So because of that, we have a bit of a timely miss on our Aquaman review. Um, so we're going to give you our thoughts on Aquaman because this movie is, for lack of a better word, uh, sort of taking everybody by storm. Um, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to say to say it <laughs> yeah. lightly. Yeah. So it's already uh, it's already passed. Well, it, it blew past Justice League at the box office yep. like it was nothing. Yep. Um, and it's overtaken Wonder Woman in the global box office as of this week as well, um, which is really interesting because I'm going to just start with my hot take on this because Wonder Woman is sort of universally accepted. Uh, as the best DC movie still, even with Aquaman, the yeah, fact that Aquaman has made way more money. But I'm going to say that I think Aquaman is the best DCEU movie, not because it's objectively good. We'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. But we'll this is the first DC movie that I think puts them on the right track for what they should be doing with their movie universe. And by that, I mean it has absolutely zero influence from Zack Snyder on it. It actually feels like yeah. you're watching... Like this, this is moving in the direction of the kind of comic book movie that we want to see from DC. But yeah, it's, it's got a lot of problems. Yeah, we're not, we're not saying that this is a great movie. By no means no. is this Avengers Infinity War or... I mean, really, like any, any other, of yeah. the Marvel, uh, the Marvel universe. I think. But. I think what I said to you when I after I because uh, we 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 didn't get a chance to go see it together. Um, so I think I, I texted Anthony and I said that was the most enjoyable pile of garbage I've ever watched. <laughs> and now, and that is something I'd like to touch on because going into that movie, you know, I was expecting very very little, and that seems to be the general consensus of most of the people that I've I've talked to that watched the movie and enjoyed it. Um, but watching that movie, I, I literally felt I was taking crazy pills. I thought the movie was so bad. I thought it was so bad. Like, it's fun, and, like, it's got some great over-the-top graphics, and they really build out Atlantis and, and really create this, this entire, like, underground, like, city and universe. But, like... So let's talk about what's good first. Yeah, let, before we go into what's bad, let's talk about the good. So I think that... The action scenes in this movie are the best that DC the DC movies have put out thus far. The action scenes were crisp and, and well choreographed. Definitely. Some of the underwater ones were a little clunky here and yeah. there, but that's just because they were all CGI. But yeah. for the most part, the action scenes were they were crisp, they were well thought out, they were well directed, well yep. shot, and well acted. Yeah. So that you just can't get past. Yeah, I agree. I, I really thought that, you know, obviously the special effects were were over the top. You know, a lot of CGI, but it was really great. And the thing that we always talk about um, that they got away from in this was that they didn't have a big world-ending villain. Right. Right? It was, you know, it was just awkward. Aquaman versus Ocean Master, right? And I really thought that was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a, a really interesting take. I thought it was, you know, I thought Black Manta was thrown in there, you know, a little bit too early, but I, even him, like he had some pretty cool scenes and some of the fight scenes that he did were, were really cool. Um, yeah, and I thought that, like, you know, Ocean Master in particular, because Black Man is a whole other thing. So Ocean Master, I thought, was actually, again, really well done. It was the first time, again, another reason why I think that the Aquaman is the best, because this is the first DCEU villain that we get that's actually a villain you can understand and get behind. And, and, and it kind of leads into the first problem with the movie is that, 
they give you this good villain, yeah. but they don't give you nearly enough of him. Like, they actually yeah. explain his motives, which are, you know, well, you say what you will about his motives. They're very classic motives of characters like Ocean Master and Namor in Marvel Comics, where he's talking about how the, the surface world is polluting the ocean world. And they well, touch on it for, like, 30 seconds. And it's very classic, you know, like, royal family right. you know, style, uh, you know, problem. You know, he's a, the true-born heir, yeah. and, and Aquaman is a, a bastard son. Yeah. Right. And and it was really cool. I mean, that's, you know, that's tried and true. And I, and I really like that. Like, it made sense. Like, you didn't have to over explain it. Like, you got it right away. Exactly. Right. And I actually think that the way he looked was really, really awesome. I, I thought think, so, too. I thought he looked very much like the regular, like the comical character. I was really impressed with the way that they made him look and the way that they made him act. Yeah. Um, and that's a perfect example. We talked about this before about how a character like Ocean Master, his comic book accurate costume translates well to yeah. the big screen. Yeah, it really did. You it know? really did. So it's one of those cases where it works. And I thought that that Patrick Wilson, who great played job. Ocean Master, I think he I thought he did a great job. You yeah. know, he also was uh, Night Owl in Watchmen. Yep. You know, which I also thought he did very, very well. I'm actually a fan of the, the movie Watchmen. Um, especially if shut you can watch up. Well if you can shut, especially shut if you up. go back and watch the ultimate director's cut that actually has the animated Black Freighter. Do, do you want to see the, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League 2? I mean, I, I hate would. you. I hate you, so much. I hate, I hate you so much. I hate you so much. We talked about this. There is no Snyder no, there cut. Is no it's the movie cut. we got in theaters. Right, yeah. No, but like, I, I mean, I thought he did a good job. He was one of the redeeming parts of Watchmen, and, is, uh, and he did a true. really good job in, in Aquaman. Yeah. Um, another part that I really liked of Aquaman was the treasure hunt. When yes. they're looking and going for the, the trident, you know, the legendary trident of uh, um, King Adelon. See, the treasure hunt goes two ways for me because I like the fact that they did it. They just didn't do enough of it. No, I think they did too much. It got too what? far. No, because at no the end. No way. They should have really based the movie around. Like, that, that should have been a bigger part of the movie, and they should really have, like, they could have made it really, really cool and focused on the treasure hunt and then had, you know, the fights. Like, I, I well, didn't. I, like, Black I, Manta and, like, the, the action scenes, they, they were cool, but, like, I didn't really like the characters acting. I didn't really like. I mean, he looked kind of like a Power Ranger villain. Yeah, well, he was useless. But when yeah, I say they was. did, when I say they did too much of the out. treasure hunt, I mean that it became too convoluted. So, like, I was the best example is at the end when they're going down into the trench with the trench people and like they're uh, the trench monsters and they're they're yeah. afraid of the light. And I'm like, okay, right. I follow you, I get it. They're going down to the trench because that's right. where the the uh, the trident is. But then, right. uh, why do these creatures that are afraid of light? live next to this brilliant, bright light source. And then the treasure hunt right, got convoluted for me because it's yeah. like some sort of portal. They yeah. go through the portal, which spits them right. out into Ferngully, right. where his mother in happens to be. The and earth. then he and then he still has to go through <laughs> and then he still has to go through another waterfall, which takes him into another part of the ocean right. and another part of the center of the earth. And then like like that it was just all like so if they had spread that out and like you said, made it more about the treasure hunt instead of just like cramming that into a ten minute scene it right. would have been so much better because I, I got to the point i thought i was playing a video game yeah and his mom just happened to be there oh, and God. she was just the 
you know, she was just, uh, it's like, it was just too easy. But I did though, too, I did like, you know, attention to detail, attention to detail that most DC movies have not done. I like the fact they don't even mention it. They just leave you to think of it yourself. Did you see the costume she was wearing when yes. she found them? She yeah, was yeah, like yeah. dressed as a, as a trench creature. Right. As I thought that creatures. was really cool. Yeah. I thought it was like, cause cool that's too. how she's, cause that's a way, that's a visual way of explaining how she survived right. without and having to explain how it. she's gotten in hiding, how she's gone yeah. hiding. I thought that Why was really cool. Why were there? dinosaurs in the center of the earth what does that have to do with aquaman no um, idea no, idea. no, no idea. idea and then so and then so other things in the movie so since we're at that part of the movie i, I like that they used aquaman's uh, outfit too no they had totally the, the green and gold or, or you know it's supposed to be orange but they used you yeah. know, kind of like an orangish gold and it was really cool exactly so let's talk about though since we're at that part of the movie Let's talk about missed opportunities. Yeah, so let's do that. So the biggest missed opportunity in this movie was he goes to find – he gets the trident, right? Yeah. And then sure. and then you – what we should have gotten was a really epic arrival on the battlefield, and that should have been the first time we saw him in green and gold. Yeah. Not when he steps through the waterfall because yeah. then that made his entrance in the battlefield – just feel cheap. Oh, and he also just summons a kaiju. By yeah. the way. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so let's talk about that. Like, why is there a kaiju? Right. Like, I understand if it was a giant squid. In fact, I liked the uh, the throwback to the comic books where it was the giant squid playing the drums yep. in the you know ring of fire battle scene that he has with the Ocean Master. I like that he loses the first fight. Okay, it's very uh, you know classic. Yeah. Right. Very uh, Black Panther, yeah. Yeah, very Black Panther, very, very Black <laughs> Panther. And, um, you know, I, you know, but like, I like a lot of movies, you know. Yeah. Even and like Rocky lines. movies, right? Yeah. He has to lose the first fight against Clover Lang in right. order to get trained by Apollo Creed in order to come back and, and beat Clover Lang at the end. Right? right, exactly. Or even in the Creed movies, in the in Creed 2, when uh, Adonis Creed loses to Victor, um, Victor Drago, and then he comes back and beats him again after having the training from yeah, Rocky. very right? classic. Story. Yeah, very classic story. Really, really cool, right? Okay, so that's that's good. I definitely like that. But like, why a kaiju? Why? Yeah. It makes no sense. It I, makes zero sense. Like, I why think, is there a kaiju? Like, I think they were trying to make it some sort of giant crab monster. Like, it looked like it had claws, almost like a crustacean, but it didn't. Like I said, you know, they were they were clearly going for this epic arrival like very much very much like in a star wars movie where right, but right. The, the but the issue with this again was not only was that is it poorly done but because they didn't do that big battle like correctly it didn't have any feeling behind it like say a star wars right. space battle does right. it cheapens his arrival and it, it you you feel robbed of this epic superhero moment right. that you've like just been waiting for the entire movie and you just feel totally robbed of it and they randomly throw in the line too where it's like oh he has the trident he commands the oceans he's your king like that yeah. should have been so much more epic and yeah, it was just like it was a just, passing line yeah it was almost like they were going through the motions right and, yeah. like like having that battle on the top of the sub right which is just oh, it was just God. ridiculous and then like how how Mara had the the announcer voice. Oh, yeah, she had an imaginary a, megaphone. Yeah, she had an imaginary microphone and, and megaphone, and it's like, uh, and then and then Dolph Lundgren. You know, 
I love Dolph Lundgren. I'm glad he was in this. I actually really liked most of what he did in this movie. Uh, but that end line when he was like, oh, hail to the king. You know? <laughs> and it's just like, or, or whatever he said, long live long, the king. Yeah, something like long that. Long live the king. It was just so forced and so dumb. And everyone was like, and everyone just like, just instantly got on board. Ugh. Hey, here's this guy that we've never known about who only cared about the surface dwellers. He comes in, gets a magical weapon, beats our king, and then we're right. just supposed to accept him. Which is just why to my exactly to my point where they they yeah. totally miss the boat. They're hyping up this trident about how like you know, like he who holds yeah. the trident is the ruler of the ocean, and they're totally hyping it up, and then they just completely forget about it yeah. at the end. Like it was a completely missed opportunity. And King Drago, by the way, he I did like him in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I King agree. Drago was awesome. But his <laughs> subplot was also a major plot issue in the movie because so at the very beginning. So if you've seen Aquaman, you'll know what I'm talking about. So the first time we see King Ivan Drago, he's talking to Ocean Master, and Ocean Master's trying to convince him to get his army to start the war on the surface world. And he very clearly states in very certain terms that he has no desire to bring his people to war with the surface world. And then the submarine attacks, and like we've all seen movies, so we know we, we saw it. Ten miles away, that Ocean Master obviously planned that attack. Yeah, it was the whole right. reason why they sent in Black Manta. But then fast forward to an hour later in the movie where Mera, in her terrible acting, says to her father, oh King Drago, God. you wanted this war all along, didn't you? And he basically goes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, totally totally wanted the war. So, like, but what? The, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Fucking kidding me? So let's, let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about Amber Heard and, and her playing the part of Mera. You heard? Uh, you heard? Uh, <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Just absolute garbage. Her acting was the thing that took me out of this movie the most. Hers and Nicole Kidman's. Nicole Kidman, like... The whole beginning scene where she had where's that there's that overly like moody scene with her you know, get, you know being a mother to Aquaman and like well even before that when they they show the couple scenes where she is like a caveman like she doesn't know how to act yeah, she doesn't like, know how to talk either yeah. like. Like, I get it. She's never been to the surface world, but, like, Man. you know what the surface world is. And apparently a scene that they really liked in China was uh, Amber Heard eating the roses, right? Which is just so dumb. It was such a stupid scene. And there was absolutely zero chemistry between um, Amber Heard and Jason Momoa. However, Jason Momoa was definitely one of the best oh, parts yeah. of the movie. We'll I mean, save that for was, last because he was, he was the best. Yeah, I mean, he was just great. He was just great. Uh, one of the other great parts... Uh, Frickin' sharks with frickin' laser beams on their frickin' heads. Dude, of course, you're gonna have sharks. You're gonna do an underwater movie. You gotta have sharks yep. with fucking laser beams. Awesome. But I want to talk about what you mentioned. So you mentioned the scene where Amber Heard eats the where Mara eats the rose. And right. as dumb as that particular scene was, this for me is another thing that that took me out of the movie because it was a very well shot scene. So I'm talking about the scene where where Mera, they're in Sicily, and Mera's sort of like right. discovering the surface world a little bit, and, and having that you know classic realization, like oh maybe I've misjudged the surface dwellers, maybe they're not all assholes, right? And it was a very well shot scene. I think it fit at that moment in time with the movie because they're trying to build up the chemistry and they're trying to to tell the story about Aquaman showing Mera like the world that he grew up in. I thought it was really well shot, but. 
what completely destroyed the entire scene for me. And it wasn't just the eating of the rose. It was the music. The music they played in that scene took me from comic book movie to rom-com in about two seconds. And it totally ruined the whole effect of that scene. Without and with zero chemistry. Just zero zero. chemistry. Like when they kiss at the end of the movie and it's just so cringy. Like you're just so so cringy. Like like you can tell that neither one of them really wanted to do it. And it just like, oh. Oh man, it just you know. Oh, so they need to they need to fire they need to fire the music director. But then again, back to issues with the plot. So this is a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, there's a long. lot of room for plot, long. and instead of giving you better plot, they took twenty five to thirty minutes for a and you know and this is an albeit great action scene, but the action scene in Sicily where Black Manta shows up is completely useless to the story yeah. and just there to to prop up Black Manta as a villain in the next movie because he was yeah. a completely wasted throwaway give a fuck villain in this movie. He did yeah. not need to be there. He was completely from the from the very first first moment we see him because we were talking about this the other day yeah. when they when they're taking over when they're pirating the sub and they're in a, they're in the middle of what you later find out is a really important mission for Ocean Master. Right. That's when his father is gonna sit sit him down and have a heart to heart and talk about his grandfather and how they used to call him Manta and show him this really special. Oh. Oh, in the you know middle what they of used a, to call him? I used to call him the Manta. Oh, you know, it was just God. so bad. It, just it like, was so bad. And again, and it's not because it's a bad scene, but if you're looking at it from like from a storytelling perspective, it just makes no fucking sense. These are professional pirates, allegedly, allegedly. on a mission, on a very important mission for what is essentially to them an alien, Ocean Master. Right. And they're going to sit here and have a heart-to-heart about about their lives and talk about their family legacy in the middle of this battle. Like, it's so dumb. Yeah, it's so bad. It's just, it just, it didn't fit. I wish they didn't have... Uh, I wish they didn't have Black Manta at all. At all. And, and the fact that he literally gets a concrete, like this, like concrete bolo wrapped around his face. It smashes into him. He crashes. He's not a superhuman. This <laughs> yeah. is just a guy in armor. Yeah. It crashes into his face, and then he falls like two hundred feet and crashes into rocks. Okay. And then what? He, we're just supposed to believe that he survives that? Yeah. With without a scratch on him. It's so bad, so dumb, and the, so dumb. The so other dumb. thing that was really stupid about Black Manta is so the scene where he's I'm just randomly chilling on this island, like Jack Sparrow style, in the middle of the ocean, and Ocean Master's goons show up with the new, uh, you know, prototype Atlantean suit or whatever, right. and they very clearly show you the new gun. They explain how the gun works, which was cool. I like the fact that they explained that, like, this is how we're, like, this is how Black Manta essentially gets created. But then we get a five right. to six minute scene where we are supposed to believe that a human pirate, albeit probably with some sort of military specialized training, yeah. is all of a sudden an expert in Atlantean engineering that he can take the plasma gun and convert it into a helmet that shoots fucking laser beams in the span of what? A day? Out of Two the, days? Out of the eyeballs of all things. Like, like he doesn't make it like a gun, a, sh- a gun yeah. shoulder, like a, a shoulder gun like, or whatever. That's, a, that's like, a clear example of something that just completely like is shoehorned in there, takes you out of the story, when from a plot perspective, they could have easily solved it by having Ocean Master just give him the suit 
as is with the laser beams already in the fucking helmet. Yeah, or just sit him down. Hey, how can we make this for you? Yeah. You know, like something, hey, like, how can we make this cool? You it know? just and totally just took me out of the movie. Him. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, we're supposed to – he sits there and he field strips the, the laser gun. Like it's right? just like how can you – you're field stripping a laser gun when you've never even had it before? Like, yeah, oh. Atlantean technology. Atlantean it's not even technology. like human technology. No, it's Atlantean no, technology. No. Yeah, and his his acting. I'm sorry, it was not very good. No, it was not very good. It was not good. The acting really took me out of this. And yeah, and there, I mean, there are a couple moments that like, and at the end, they like again, like there were people who were clapping. They clapped at the oh, end of the movie, oh, oh, oh. and I'm sitting there looking around at the rest of the audience, like, like I must be taking crazy pills. Yeah, no, like, you're part of the problem. Like, Stop clapping. What is going on here? No. But the but but again, you know, going back to the things that we've talked about in earlier episodes. What defines a good movie? I mean, this is a movie that has made a buttload of money and is still going to make money. And I think I mentioned actually, it's not so much that what it's 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 stupid people. Stupid people are what make a successful movie. <laughs> is, is what I'll tell you. Like you know, uh, I don't know if you can call them stupid. I mean, it's just that this was a movie for ten year olds for but both kinds of uh, of ten year olds. Yeah, um, and. And oh, 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 so wait. <laughs> so when I say both kinds of 10-year-olds and what I mean by that is actual 10-year-olds and, 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 well, and people who are 10-year-olds at heart, right? Where they us. are, yeah, us. <laughs> exactly, us. And, and, you know, fanboys, yeah. right? So uh, like, you know, uh, but like, you know. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, the, the fanboy is, contingent is aflame on uh, the social medias about how great Aquaman is. And yeah, I, I, I am not. glad that they really stuck with the Aqua Bro personality. Like, Aquaman in the comic books is very regal. He's very, very regal. But in this story, he was just Aqua Bro. He was, he was a but little that also bro, too. Yeah, that yeah, also, also too is the best part of this movie because we, we've talked about this before um, with, uh, with 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 Batfleck and uh, in some cases Henry Cavill and a lot of people in the in the DC movies. And it's very obvious when their performances are being phoned in and they don't care. Mm-hmm. And to Jason Momoa's credit. This was the polar opposite of that. He, oh, 100%. you could tell he loved playing this role, and not only did he love it, it really came through in his performance because he made, like to your point, he made this character yeah. his own. Yeah, it's a, it's a really classic did. example of of taking a, a comic book character that's been around for decades, remaining true to the source material, but putting your own interpretation on it, and that's yeah. what makes good comic book movies. 100%. And that's why, like I said, that this movie, you know, while it still does suck. There is a lot to like in it. There is a lot to like, and Jason Momoa is the biggest thing to like in it. Like I, I've actually, um, I've been watching Frontier on Netflix. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, definitely encourage you guys to go check that out too if you've never seen it. Um, you know, the first season is a little slow, but the second and third season really pick up. And he just looked, he just looked like he was having so much fun. Yeah, he just looked like he was a kid in a candy store, just like having the uh, the the most amount of fun uh, in the movie. A possible. Yeah, and so, um, oh, another thing that I just remembered that really bugged me about this movie, um, again, the, the, the sidelining good storytelling for the sake of action. So that that thirty minute action scene um, that they had in Sicily with Black Manta, yeah. I would have rather have seen thirty minutes of something they spent about five seconds on. Yep. Um, which was at the I forget at what point in the movie they were talking about it, but they basically give you like a quick history of Atlantis, and I found that really fascinating because the way they uh, the way they explained it was that the 
um, essentially the Atlanteans were like the first humans. They showed right. Atlantis in the past, right. and it, it was above right. water. Right. And they talk about how they, they, you know, the you know, pride comes before the fall, whatever it is. And Atlantis sinks to the bottom. Right. And then instead of continuing on this really interesting story about how Atlantis became the Atlantis that we've known forever, they they do like the "thank you for smoking" line of dialogue. Like, yeah, one line oh, of and, dialogue. Uh, oh, we uh, we learned how to breathe underwater, yeah, and, uh, and and then we're here. Whatever device, yeah, you know? and it was just like. And it, like you know, it, it worked for what it was, but I I just can't I, I I can't stop thinking about what a what a better movie this would have been if they had explored that more. Yeah, I I, I think that would have been a lot cooler. Um, I definitely think that um, that uh, y- you know, getting a chance to see that character of of uh, Atlian or whatever you know uh, his name was. Um, he was really more of what Aquaman looks like in the actual comic books. Right. Right. And he, he looked very regal. It was really cool. You see him from, you don't see really his face that much only when he's sitting on the throne. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought, I, you know, it definitely had its redeeming qualities, but um, again, I hope you didn't pay more than $7 to go see that movie. Yeah, exactly, and, and we're going to, we're um, at least I'm going to, I don't know if Anthony agrees with me, I'm going to stick by my point that this is the best DCEU movie out there simply for the fact Absolutely. that it, it puts the DC movies on a, if they keep making movies like this, they're, they're going to get it right. I don't think that this movie was better than Batman vs. Superman. And I'm just going to go out there and say what? it. What? Dude. I, well, if, get out. Get no out. Way, get, no way. Get the fuck no out. Way, no way. No way. Dude, in what way? In what way? Dude, okay. Look at uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, right? And his his portrayal of Les, Lex Luthor, right? Was awful. Yeah, terrible. Just like Mara, okay? Okay. Okay. If you take a look at the, the whole stupidity of like the um, – the the story point with oh why did you say that name why did you say that name okay stupid right just like uh the entirety of like the rose scene right and there's so much of the movie that's bad the whole point of of black manta being there was like doomsday being there you just didn't need it there right it just didn't need to be there right so i like there's no way that you can take a look objectively at batman versus superman and say that it is a worse movie than aquaman yes you can because batman versus superman was so much better than this movie. Batman versus Superman was was as good as this movie. Batman versus Superman had two villains in it. Both of them had zero motive and were fucking stupid. Lex Luthor and Doomsday. Neither one had zero motive and they were both dumb. This movie had two villains in it. One was stupid. The other one had a motive. We just talked about it. Ocean yeah. Master had a great motive. He was a villain and that he liked. Cool, and, and he, he looked he cool. And he was acted much better than... And, and, and granted, there are, like yeah. we just said, there are, are a lot of plot issues with this movie. Yeah. But I think that there are way more plot issues with Batman versus Superman. Like, that whole movie just makes no fucking sense. Ben Affleck, very similar to the way that Jason Momoa was. I loved him in Batman versus Superman. I think he well, was that's the best true. part. Yeah. Henry Cavill. I really like Henry Cavill as Superman. Superman. I think he did a good job. They didn't build Superman to be Superman, but that was kind of building off of Man of Steel and, you know, kind of the right. bad plot points there. The music was also terrible in Batman versus Superman, just like it was in Aquaman, right? However, in Wonder Woman, you had great actors. Chris Pine was amazing. Um, all, all of the, the, the you know, uh, uh, kind of ancillary characters that were in that as well. Gal Gadot was just incredible in that movie. The only thing that was bad about Wonder Woman was the ending. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair. The music was better, even though it did have that same Zack Snyder, Wonder Woman music. Yeah, like, see, but that's why, you know, that's still why like, I think Aquaman is way better, better. It was way better. Yeah. No and I think that Shazam is gonna is going to blow them both out of the water. Now that I agree with, but you know what? How about you guys tell us what you think in our comments? Because uh, we posted yeah, about this definitely a couple let of us times. know. Let us know who's right, me or Anthony, obviously me. Um, so just <laughs> let us know who is correct. Did you like the movie? Did you see the movie? Yeah. Are you going to see the movie? Um, you know. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the other pile of shit movie that we watched recently. <laughs> <laughs> and, and okay, okay. And again, had its redeeming qualities. Yeah. Okay. So to be fair. It's not a complete pile of shit, but this movie is a classic example of bandwagoning and overhyping something so much to the fact that it ruins it for people like me. Which I also think that Aquaman was. I think that the reason that Aquaman has made so much money is because it's made so much money. <laughs> as stupid as that sounds, and I don't know if it was the last episode or... Well, we or talked the about the before. China strategy. Right, exactly. When when they released it in China and all of a sudden it made all of this yeah. money in China and had this huge opening and made a buttload of money and you're like, yeah. oh man, i got to go see this movie. Yeah, smartest bunch, move they ever did. Yeah, smartest move they ever did. Learning how to release a movie really can make or break uh, the success yeah. of a movie. No, totally. Um, oh, so so the other pile of shit movie we're talking about, the overhype factor. Oh, yeah. You can oh, probably guess what it you is. You can probably guess. Because if you've been on any social media platform in the last week and a half, it's yeah. only memes of Bird Box. Yeah. And Bird Box was just an okay movie. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I watched this movie for about five minutes, and I was immediately sucked in. Like, I was I was captivated. I was in. I was like, okay, I'm along for the ride. The biggest problem was that the whole movie had no point. There was no <laughs> point in the movie. There was no there was no motivation behind the bad guy. You don't know what the bad guy is. It was just it, it reminded me of just like the evil cam, you know. And like, yeah. It was just it was well, so. And, and I think that they were they were trying to do they were trying to make the movie. It felt like they were trying to make two different movies, yeah. and both things they were going for fell flat. So in one corner, you've got the uh, the sort of – let's call it a redemption arc for Sandra Bullock's character where right. she starts the movie pregnant. They make it very clear that she doesn't really want the baby. Uh, she right. ends up picking up another kid along the way that's not even hers. You have to watch the movie to figure out what that's about. Right. She doesn't give either one of them names. She calls, calls them, them boy and yeah, girl. Boy and girl. They, they, they spend a lot of time in the movie – um, talking about how she doesn't really want to be a mother and so on and so forth. But the problem is they don't spend enough time on it because then when you get to this final like pivotal scene at the end where she's like pleading with these unseen monsters to not take her one child and it's like, oh my god, wait, she's really a loving mother. But the whole thing falls flat because they, they only spent about – less than a quarter of the movie on that little plot thread. The rest of it right. was like straight horror. So when you get to that character development arc that's supposed to have a big impact, it just falls really flat because you don't you don't feel like she actually cares about them anymore because they spent way too much time telling stories that took place in the past yeah. before the kids were even born yeah. and not enough time of when the kids were born. Yeah, yeah, and they, they kind of skip over that part, and they're you know just kind of living, and it's really it's just a study of the human condition of like what would you do if you lost your eyesight, which, you know, 
I had a friend of mine when I was a kid who he was blind, right? Now, this kid did some amazing things. We, we, we would play video games together. We would play football together. Yes, he was blind. He, he well, excuse me, he, um, uh, as he liked to call it, he happened to be not be able to see. Uh, uh, but because he, he hated to, to think that he had a handicap because he, he absolutely hated that. Yep. Right. He was on the wrestling team with me. He even went to the state championships here in New, in New Jersey. Um, and, and he went to the, the district championships as well. And, um, and I mean, he was just, and he was just a fun loving kid, but he could do so much all the time. And that was like my immediate, like, I'm like, oh, well, if you can't see, I'm like, well, what happens with the blind people? Like, I, I, we walk around New York City all the time. You see blind people walking around New York City getting around just fine, right, being blind, right? Like, like why isn't that just, like, the thing? Like, why wasn't that, like, like hey, we need to go and find blind people? I don't know. Well, because they like wanted that, to. But that was, like, I, I like. I think about 20 minutes into the movie, I was like, well, what about the blind people? Well, because I was – because I was – I'm glad that you mentioned that too because that I think is the other part of the movie they were trying to get across. And we were we were speaking with a um, friend of the show, Rob, the other day. Yes. And he mentioned that this is actually based on a book, which I did not know. Yeah, um, I didn't And that. that in the book apparently, one of the major plot points is that it got it got to a point in time where the survivors of this, whatever you want to call it, apocalypse, they, they realized the best way to survive was to willingly make themselves blind. Right. They had to carve their own eyes. And out. that for me would have been a – way better story to tell because you want to talk about focusing on the human condition because to your point about the human condition that's what i think they were trying to get across 100%. but but how many times have we seen a movie where you have a post-apocalyptic event and a small group of people learning how to survive that they're all strangers like we've seen this done before yeah. and bird box didn't do it it's always interesting but bird box didn't do it any better than any other movie we've ever seen doing it so it really would have set this movie apart was if they had people get to the the point very early on in the movie where they said fuck it the best way to survive is we're going to blind ourselves so we never need to worry about looking at whatever these alien monster things are and we can live a normal life albeit a blind life and again, that would have been a movie for that they, I would have they could have very easily had one line of dialogue you know you know thank god they created the whatever device you know again you know they could have had one line of dialogue oh you know aliens are on earth right even in things like cloverfield right exactly you know that you you understand that it's an alien right that's an alien coming down to earth okay it's it's conquering earth okay great right like you get that right like i would have been fine if it was aliens and that's just the way that they right their energy affects humans right and they were trying to take the their they feed off of carbon and that's why they wanted to take over the earth right something stupid like that you could have literally had one or two lines of dialogue and it would have made the whole thing actually have a point but there was no there's no point and like why do some people are dramatically affected by it but like Others don't instantly die and kill themselves, yeah. right? Like, why is it that you can see it through a, a video screen and not just, like, seeing and it see, in person? And like, stuff like that, for me, I, I will say that I don't think they necessarily needed to give you any of that detail. I think you're okay without it. Um, but I think that... You know, not adding it could have added more to the movie, but I don't think it really loses anything by not having so it. So you're okay without it, except for the fact that that one guy drew the pictures and had all of those pictures with like the tentacles and the different faces, and he placed all the well, pictures on the table, right? Well, because you're it, you're it's almost like you you're halfway explaining it. But then you just you just move on and you don't explain it at all. Well, see, so but that, I think that goes to my point though about this movie didn't know what it wanted to be because the third sort of 
thing they were trying to explore was this, I guess, call them a cult of people that wanted to look. And, like, yeah, to your point, it affects them differently. And I think if they were to – so let's say that they were to pull on that plot string a little bit and really focus on these people that want to look and how it affects them. They still could have effectively done that without explaining to you what these creatures are. But because they only give it to you for – 10 minutes with the character that doesn't come in until like the third act of the movie, you know, and then all of a sudden turns out to be a psycho and kills everybody. They give it to you so late in the movie that, you know, whether or not they explained what the the monsters were, it still would have fallen flat anyway, because it's not, it's just there. It's like, boom, all of a sudden it shows up, you know? And and I agree. And I I guess it leaves it open to create a sequel, but you know, to the, the, the first thing that you said, is this a case of bandwagoning, right? Like, you know, there was 45 million people that watched this and, and and again, you know, smart on Netflix, right? To release it um, in between Christmas and New Year's, right? Yep. You, you throw it up on there. Yeah. Everybody is sitting at home, not doing, not at work. People are crowded around their TV with their families. They want to watch a cool movie, right? Something new and fresh, right? Let's watch a high concept horror movie, you know, something that can keep us on the edge of our seats. And, um, you know, and, and I think good on them. I think that there was a lot of hype around it. I think that they were a success and they were smart for doing it that way. And, um, you know, and I, but I, I think that it's a, I think it just shows that sometimes things don't need to be good. They just need to be popular. Yeah, nope, a hundred percent. I agree. This is a total case of bandwagoning, where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. did you see? Oh, did you see? You have to watch. You have yeah. to watch. You have to see. Yeah. And like you watch it and again. It's not a bad movie. No. It's just not anywhere as good as everybody's saying it is. Right. There's really nothing in this movie that we haven't already seen. You know, so take a movie like take other high concept horror movies that we talked about. A Quiet Place, Get Out, even It. Movies like that all gave us. A lot of what we've seen in the past, but it also gave us a lot of things we haven't seen before in horror movies, and that's what made them worth the hype. This movie, in every sense of the word, gave us everything that we've already seen in one shape or another and did none of it that exceptionally, if we're just being honest. Yeah, you know, but I mean, again, I I, I was on the edge of my seat. I really liked it. The ending took me out of it. There were a couple of other parts that took me out of it, but I, you know, overall, I thought it was a good movie. It was worth the watch. That's for sure. Oh yeah, totally. It was definitely worth the, whatever, two hours that I spent watching it. Yeah, totally. Just, um, you know, so, so so I I like that we talked about bandwagoning because can we, I, I think the, the opposite of bandwagoning is Holmes and Watson. (laughs) wow you went there oh i went there which actually uh we need to look because i i think it's up to like a 30 percent on rotten tomatoes after starting with a big fat goose egg yeah it had a goose egg and and i I have to say i was looking at the trailer for it and it just it doesn't look like a funny movie no it looks terrible it looks like it's overdone it looks like it's so forced and just looks like i I totally lied nine percent on rotten tomatoes my bad yeah, well, just the – you don't even – this is the kind of movie you don't even need to look at the trailer for. You just need to look at the poster because the yeah. poster, if you haven't seen it, um, it says Holmes. Yeah. Like Sherlock Holmes. And yeah. like – and in the trailer, there's that ridiculous scene where he's trying to take a, a selfie with the, the uh, 18th or 19th century camera, yeah. you know, and it's just like – it's like, so you know, forced. selfie sticks were, like, if we're talking about, you know, from a cultural perspective, selfie sticks were a thing, like, five years ago, and they were stupid and annoying then. Like, it was even difficult to make fun of them yeah, then. You know, and now you're going to make them. fun of yeah. selfie sticks, like, five years after they're 
fashionable or whatever. Like, it just – jokes like that, you see it in the trailer and you just know it's going to be a fucking stinker of a movie. And you know it's it's really a bad movie when they rely too much on slapstick har- on slapstick comedy. Yeah. Right? If it's if it's all falling down and, you know, and I'm crashing into this thing and, you know – Silly, you know, you it's know, just too childish. It just I'm actually really glad you mentioned it. that because slapstick comedy really is an art form. Like comedy yeah. in general yeah. is, I think, you know, I'm not an actor, so I don't really know, yeah. but I think there are a lot, there are a lot more bad comedy movies out there than there are bad dramas, and I think that oh, comes down God. because it's harder to be. To be comedic. Like, comedic timing is a thing. Slapstick comedic timing especially. You look at guys like Chris Farley. Like, no matter how bad, like, from a plot perspective, his movies were, they were always funny and entertaining because he was a master of slapstick comedic timing. Yeah, his timing was great, right? And the dialogue was great. And there was always, there was always, like, a good plot around the movies. And, you know, maybe not every single one of his movies, right? Like, you know, you know. But even his role in Dirty Work, right, which oh, was one great. of his last yeah. movies, right, uh, like when he just, you know, he's just so funny and he's just, he was hilarious and yeah, like, like being, yeah, a lot of his his humor was slapstick, but it was just there was a point to it. It wasn't exactly. just slapstick. Sometimes being really slapstick sometimes. just yeah. for the sake of slapstick never works. You need yeah. to have timing yeah, around it. You need to be. You need to know what you're doing, and guys like Chris Farley <laughs> did that right. And not for nothing, guys like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley used to do it right. They just haven't done it right in quite a long time. Now, I'm not going to lie. Um, this movie is going to come out on Netflix, and I will definitely watch it when it comes oh, out Oh, 100%. Because just to see how bad it is. Oh, definitely. And if it makes me laugh a handful of times and it only takes 90 minutes, you know what? Okay, if I don't have to pay anything extra for it, I've already got my Netflix subscription. It's going to depend entirely yeah, on how drunk we get when we watch it. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, I feel like that you definitely have to be inebriated when you watch that movie yeah. because if you go in – and that's the only way that it's funny. And, but, you know yeah. – Like this movie I'm going to say is about at least a six-shotter. Yeah. You know, but, you know and, and, and say what you will about uh, Jay and Silent Bob, right, and uh, and the, the kind of dick and fart jokes that they rely on, right, and, and that kind of, you know – guttural humor that they rely on you know it was well done it was they would do it in a way that it would work right yeah and and they wouldn't only rely on it whereas i think that this only kind of relied too much on those uh that kind of guttural humor and slapstick and it just didn't without having interesting characters and it was just it was just will ferrell and john c Riley playing will ferrell and john c Riley. yeah but you you know know, either one of them were that good you know why it works for jay and silent bob is because the way they, the, uh, particularly the character of Jay, he's written like a character, like a complete dumbass. So like you would you oh, expect yeah. him to just be all about dick and fart jokes. Oh yeah, so it works. Yeah, and it works, right? <laughs> you know? It totally works. But and it also makes fun of itself, right? Right. Like it, like in the movie Chasing Amy, right? When uh, there's that end scene, and um, I forget what the uh, the actor's name is, um, but he comes up, he's like, love those dick and fart jokes. Love them. Like, it yeah. makes fun of itself. Yeah. Like, it's just, it knows that that's all that it is, right? So, yeah. Um, so, I feel like we're on, we're on a roll tonight talking about just 
Lots a little, of a little I, negative tonight, and we apologize for that. We try and make this a fun show. We're yeah, being a little negative about this. <laughs> I didn't realize when we were writing out the topics for tonight just how much we were going to be shitting all over things. Yeah, just, but hey, just, you know what, man? Let's let's keep it going. Because you know what else? <laughs> you know what else came out this week? We actually, or not the, uh, a couple weeks ago, we posted about our Instagram page uh, some some Star Wars news. Oh my goodness! Which is oh my uh, goodness! Which is unfortunately now canon. So just to refresh everybody's memory in case you've blocked the prequels out of your mind like most of us have, um, Anakin Skywalker, we learn in uh, the first prequel movie, Phantom yeah, Menace, Phantom Menace. Um, his mother, he had like an immaculate Shmi. conception. Shmi. Yeah, Shmi, yeah, Shmi Skywalker. Skywalker. Um, just sort of, you know, who was the boy's father? There was no father. Yeah. Qui-Gon's the fuck? Yeah. Huh? What? Um, so, and then we later learned, to make things even worse, uh, that, you know, the the Force willed him, or the midichlorians. The midichlorians. Oh, the midichlorians. So, so as, as, as dumb as that was, we were all willing to accept it because the, the story arc that plays out over the next two movies for his descent to the dark side works. The, right. the, the the move the things he does the way he's manipulated his reasons for doing things it all works to make a believable path to the dark side and how that right. like, he wasn't the the chosen one he didn't bring balance for us and all this crap it works as bad as those movies were that works now what doesn't work is what they just told us in the comic books that fucking Emperor yeah. Palpatine manipulated the Metaclorians yeah. in Shmi's body to create. Anakin Skywalker, which means, in fact, if you're paying attention, that his whole character arc in the prequels means absolutely dick. Yeah. He was predestined to be a Sith Lord because that's what Emperor Palpatine wanted when he shifted the Metachlorians up around Shmi's vagina. Yeah. That's fucking <laughs> stupid. Well, in her uterus, uterus, anyway. Whatever. I'm not a biology yeah. major. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so what we're talking about is the comic book called – it's just simply called Vader – uh, issue number 25, uh, released by Marvel Comics, um, they they reveal the fact that Emperor Palpatine uh, used the Force to create life within Shmi Skywalker. I can't I, right. I can't even say you're the fact that you're saying that with a straight face. You know, is even I, just like well, so okay, <laughs> so can we? So the just story. Smash my head against so the, the only thing that it, it becomes redeeming is that great story in uh, Episode Three, uh, which was my favorite of the prequels, when they talk about dark. Darth Plagueis the Wise, right? And and it, he, he uses this story about being able to prevent uh, death, right? And he could actually save life. But it really wasn't he could prevent death. It's he could create life, right? And all of a sudden, Emperor Palpatine found out that he could create life, right? And that's, you know. And it also, in the first episode, right, where they have that throw line, which is kind of tongue-in-cheek at the time, but now makes a little bit more sense, is when he's like, oh, we'll watch your career with great interest, young Skywalker, <laughs> right? And um, Because he knew. <clears throat> because he knew. Because he knew. Because he's literally his dad. I mean, does that count as artificial insemination? I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just... Who knew? Who like, knew uh, that you could use the Force in that way? Uh, We're learning all these new things, right? Uh, and now the other thing is, and it, I mean, it, it's got to be that will this come into play in Episode Nine? Will God, this come I into play? I fucking hope not. But is, is the uh, only reason that they did this so that they could have a tie from Kylo Ren all the way back to Emperor Palpatine? But what's right? the tie? Well, because Emperor Palpatine is Darth Vader's father. So Kylo Ren oh, is so the his great grandson, grandson okay. of Emperor Palpatine in a way. 
But like, not really. It's so it's dumb. Not, it's it's so, so dumb. So dumb. It's so bad. I hope to God it's they so don't bad. do that. I really um, hope they don't do that. Yeah. Because they just got. Because my favorite part about Last Jedi. Shut the fuck up. It's a great movie. My favorite part about Last I Jedi great, but it's is how yeah. they is how they just completely. So shit all over the fact that you don't need to be a fucking Skywalker to be a powerful Jedi. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is, I mean, which I thought they did great in all of the prequels. Yeah. Right? You have all of these other races that are super powerful. People like Kiari Mundi, yeah. right? And even Yoda, Mace Windu, right? You oh, got, well, Luke Skywalker, the whole world doesn't revolve around you. And you know, oh, and that's, well. That's actually something that I've, I've long theorized about uh, the, the movies is that Luke Skywalker is actually not that powerful of a Jedi. He just happens to be the last one. Yeah. You yeah. know, like like he just wasn't and that's why he was so afraid of Kylo Ren was and why he wanted to kill him cuz he was so afraid of the Sith coming back because yeah. he knew that he that Kylo Ren was way more powerful than him. Mace Windu is obviously the most powerful Jedi to ever live. Yeah, and he's got a a, a belt buckle that says "Wow." <laughs> <and points out. laughs> um, so yeah, so unfortunately, this garbage story is canon. And to be fair, everything else in the Darth Vader comics leading up to that has been pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it's been pretty. They've cool. done a really it, great it, job. It's, it's of actually telling, been a pretty cool comic book yeah. series. And 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 they've done a really impressive job of weaving canon storylines in yeah. between the established episode yeah. movies that we've known forever. They've done a really good job of that. And then they just come out with this, and you're like, what the fuck? I Something I think that they're doing very, very well, though, is that they have completely delayed any sort of trailer, any kind of images, any kind of anything. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's I think it's the the Aquaman theory. I think I think that they're they're going to try and get a lot of yeah. hype around it. Um, I, although I think that Episode Nine is going to be a really good movie. I think it's I think it's oh, going yeah, to be one of the most anticipated movies ever. I think it's going to put a really nice ending on the Skywalker story or Skywalker saga yep. in Star Wars, and that we can grow and create original stories from here and really move on beyond it. Um, but I think I, I think that you know the question is. When do we get it? Like, when is it going to come out? When are we going the trailer to get or the, movie? the trailer? Well, the trailer. Oh, yeah. The movie is going to be Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Right? It's going to be Christmas 2019, right? So now, here we are, now 12 months away yep. from when this movie is going to take place, right? And this movie is going to get released. We don't have a single trailer for it. I bet you we don't get a trailer until after Endgame is released. That's or maybe it, before Endgame, or like right, like with, yeah, Endgame. with Endgame, like when is Endgame is a trailer for movies, yeah. Which I mean, just it, I mean, that would gives, be oh, oh, fat, yeah, fat, 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 yeah, fat, fat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> stuff for fans. I mean, talk about a, another, just another reason to go and see Endgame is to be able to see Star Wars, the Star Wars trailer. You know what? That's actually. I bet you that's what they do. I hundred percent. Can you, I, can you imagine I, how I many? Because there are do. there are obviously it makes too much sense not to. There are obviously. Star Wars fans, like the real hardcore Star Wars fans that probably very much like Star Trek fans that look at comic books as like kind of lowbrow. Right. So if Disney was to come out and say the first time you can see the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer right. is in the movie theater for yeah. Avengers, you're, you're instantly like tripling your smart, <laughs> smart like, Disney. Yeah, smart like, move. Yeah. Wow. Take you note, know? take note, Disney. Yeah, we just take gave note, you Disney. You're welcome. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Just, 
just sold you another hundred million dollars worth of tickets right there. <laughs> you are welcome, Disney. Yeah. If you weren't thinking about it before, you can think about it now. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I think that I think it's Star Wars like that. So I saw I saw Episode Eight. I saw Last Jedi on the dopest IMAX screen that they have in New York City. Thing is literally a hundred feet wide. Aren't they all the same? No, dude. There's an IMAX in New York that's in um, like a super IMAX. Yeah, it's a hundred really? feet wide. Whoa. Yeah, dude. It's it's the coolest IMAX, and I saw I saw Last Jedi on it, and it was just ridiculous. I'm, yeah. I'm counting the feet in my head. I'm trying to picture how yeah. it's like as big as this room. <laughs> yeah, you, you know the distance between two telephone poles? It's yeah. That, it's that long. That's it's dope. huge. It's this monstrous, monstrous IMAX. And I got a chance to see it in there, and it was it was incredible. It was so cool. That's, but it, like I think the tickets were like $35. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, they were ridiculous. But yeah. in my opinion, they were worth it. 50 cents a foot. <laughs> they, were, they were worth it, and not going to lie, that's exactly the way. Opposite of, of uh, Aquaman where we say, you know, the, the $7 SmackDown, right? You know, opposite of Aquaman and, and Bumblebee, um, where you shouldn't have paid more than $7 to see either one of those. You know, go see this IMAX. Go see it in IMAX yeah. 3D. Yeah. You know, Star Wars is going to be such a cool movie when it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, hey, let's take a turn from Negative Town for just a moment uh, and talk about some really cool news that we're very excited about. Yes, please. Yeah, we you know we, we want to keep this as a positive show. We're starting to get uh, starting to, to beat up on things today. Well, it's not it's not our fault that Aquaman sucks hey, and Bird life, Box. Life isn't always like, sunshine yeah. and rainbows, right, man? Um, so in a, in in really good news, really exciting news, uh, Jay and Silent Bob oh, is man. getting a now. So is it is it a reboot or is it another sequel? No. So that's the thing. It's called Jay and Silent Bob. Reboot, okay? But yes. it's not a reboot yes. of Jay and Silent Bob. What it is, essentially, or, or what I've read about the plot so far, is it is Jay and Silent Bob are going back to uh, California, going back to Hollywood, yeah. to try and prevent a reboot being made <laughs> of, of Blunt Man and Chronic. We're trying to stop a reboot to, of being made of Blunt Man oh, and Chronic. Oh, that's so fucking meta. Right. So, oh, right. my God. So, they, so obviously they make the movie in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yes. And so this movie is going to be a re where they go and they try and stop a reboot from being made of Blunt Man oh and my Chronic. God. I hope they bring back Hawknocker. Dude, I hope oh so, too. God. That would be hilarious. I hope oh. they bring back a lot of the characters. I want all the characters sure that they're to come back. To. Like, bang. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, that's so good. And, like, okay. What's the over under? Take bets now. Do they make fun of Ben Affleck for being in, being Batman? Oh, a hundred thousand percent, dude. A hundred percent, a million percent. Like, like, I would I would find it like funny if they if they even had Ben Affleck wearing like a bootleg Batman costume. A hundred thousand percent. Like like and like he has this problem where he thinks that he just is Batman or something. Oh right? my god! Like, if they do like the if they do like the uh, uh, the Michael Keaton celebrity Jeopardy, he's like, yes, I am Batman. I am Batman. Or he just dude, Walks around. The only line, so great. The only line he could say is Martha. Yeah, like, well, he always did yeah. say that name, Martha. Yeah, <laughs> or, or just like, or just like, uh, yeah, he has to do that line, like, like, just like, you know, Jay, like. Oh, you think it's like Martha or something? He's like, why did you say that name? Oh, like, God. I think it'd be so funny. I tell you what, the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back still has one of my favorite lines in any movie of all time. Just the, the way it's written, the context, the way Such it's delivered movie. is when they're sitting there, Ben Affleck, and he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, it's all over the internet. And Jay goes, the internet? Yeah. What the fuck is the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or when they're talking about how they get. Um, 
they get coerced into doing a, uh, a small cameo part just because they owe their friend. Oh, God, right? And yes. then they both do that, like, that, yes. like Shakespearean aside where they just stare at the camera. It's so They're great. like, oh, or when you owe your friend a favor and you have to be in his movie. Yeah, they just they look, just at, the look at the camera. <laughs> Right, it's just uh, you know, it's so funny. brilliant. That yeah. is brilliant, and it actually writing. made me think of uh, our interview with Lou Taylor Pucci, yep. right? Because uh, you know he's our friend, and so you know we made him do an interview. With exactly. Us. When you <laughs> shout when out to Lou, thank you. We love you, brother. Thank you for doing the interview. When you're forced to be on your friend's podcast, <laughs> which reminds me, Lou, if you're listening, and we'll we'll tell you when we see you. If you're not listening, uh, put us in your next movie. Uh, I don't care, I don't care yeah. what it is, just put us in it. Yeah, we can be uh, quote unquote background actors. We'll be great background <laughs> actors. <a> boxer. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so enough positivity. Let's go right back to negative town uh, because we <laughs> also <laughs> we also uh, had the opportunity to watch the new Hellboy trailer, oh, and man. man, what a steaming pile this movie looks like! Yeah, which is so upsetting because when they released the first, so flashback to a year ago, they said they were rebooting Hellboy. I I groaned about that because I loved the two Hellboy movies uh, with Ron Perlman. I thought he did it just an out of this world job. The first one especially. Like, yeah, his take on the character was so well done. Everything about both of those movies was great. Yeah. And and I get you know they they said he was a little bit too old. And okay, I get that. Yeah. So they decided to reboot it. Fine, that's what Hollywood does. And the first pictures they released, the first promo shows of David Harbor um, from Stranger Things as Hellboy. Looks really cool. Yeah. It got me really excited. Yeah. And then we got the trailer. And it just looks like the same movie as the first movie. It looks it just, like it a, looks like the same. The like same they, they do the movie. same thing with the he, he grows the bigger horns. He gets the fire crown. Yeah. Right. He's got this flaming sword now. Although I did hear that it's going to be rated R, which I don't think the first one was. I don't think they were either. No. You're correct. Uh, I think they were PG thirteen. Yeah. Um, and now and now again, if it's going to be like a rehash of the first movie, that's not necessarily going to make it bad. It's just that the trailer doesn't look promising at all. I the trailer looks like they're not even trying. I think it's it's just another reason why the Jane Silent Bob movie is going to be great. And why Kevin Smith is a genius is because like yep. there are so many reboots that are out there that are just terrible. Yep. They're just absolutely terrible. They're not needed. They're not necessary. And um, and, and yeah, I'm sorry, getting a, like, getting a close on. up look of David Harbour's makeup in the trailer. I, why does it look like his face got smashed in with a fucking cast iron skillet? Yeah. Like what? Why is yeah. that? It just and makes, he's so good in Stranger Things. Yeah. It's just like it's like yeah, he just did. I, I don't think this movie. Need, like why not make it with Ron Perlman? Why not make it another right? yeah. movie? Like why not have him in it? You, and I think he's gonna be doused in makeup anyway. You know what? A you body know, suit. So you know what really struck me about the it's trailer? Like his age is gonna show the guy is like immortal. Yeah. What really struck me about the trailer is the fact that it feels like they are trying to jump on Marvel's coattails yeah. and make a superhero movie that has a lot of comedy in it. And a lot yeah. of people shit on Marvel for this, but there's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. Yeah. And this movie just looks like they're going about it the wrong way. Yeah, and I, I think that, um, especially because we actually have a, a friend of the show, a friend of the show, Ed, um, who's going to be on here. Um, you know, we'll get a chance to interview him. He does uh, production on a lot of different movies. He's worked on Joker, and he got a chance to work yep. on Shazam yep. as well. And, you know, just from some of the things that he's mentioned to us, um, I really think that Shazam is going to do it the right way. Exactly. I think it's going to have a tremendous amount of comedy. I think it's going to be a funny movie. I think it's going to be lighthearted, have serious moments. I think it's going to be a really, really cool movie. Yeah. And I think it's going to be – I think that once Shazam comes out, it will be, to date, the best DC movie, which 
I'm really excited about because I was always a Captain Marvel fan. Yeah. Who that's the real name of the character. Uh, but I was always a, a, <laughs> fan a fan of the, the Shazam comics and and uh, the Captain Marvel character from DC. No, totally agree. And and I think what you know. So uh, talking about Hellboy a little bit more, I think the the, the comedic element. The reason it worked in the first couple movies is that it wasn't – like the lines weren't written to be funny. But Ron Perlman, if you've seen him in other stuff, he just has this natural ability to be funny but dark and serious at the same time. And that's why it works. He's the straight man. He's right. that funny straight man that you need in the movie, and he's just so yeah. good. And it feels like, like Michael like Harbour, David Rim. Harbour is just going for comedy. When he was in Pacific Rim, yeah. he was great. That was like such a perfect role for him. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, wow. Like, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely uh, – yeah. Well, yeah. So again, yeah. it's only the not, first not really trailer. Forward to yeah, it's only the first trailer. It's we. There's going to be at least Sorry, one guys. more trailer before the movie comes out. So we're yeah. we're going to reserve judgment until the end. But first impressions, not so good. Not so good. Um, there's so, so many other comic book movies that are coming out this yeah. year, which you know, I, which makes me afraid because I feel like we're getting close to the bubble bursting. Um, quiet. You you bite your tongue. I, I hope. I hope not. not. I hope not. But. Um, if the comic book bubble breaks before the rock bubble does, the rock bubble is never going to break. You man. mark my words; it is. No, I'm you telling you, you're going to have you're going to have the the epic meeting of both worlds. You're going to have the rock in a comic book movie, and it's going to be incredible. That's going to break the bubble. I I don't think so. Worlds are colliding, no. man. The rock will never have another tooth fairy. There will never be another tooth fairy. He's just never. It's never going to happen. And everything that he does, I mean, he has made some steaming piles this year that just were not good, you know, and um, and they still made a buttload of money because he's the rock. <laughs> All it's going to take is one more tooth fairy. If Jumanji 2 bombs, you just wait. No, Jumanji 3, you mean. Whatever the fuck it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's so yeah, dumb. Yeah. So dumb. Well, but, uh, you know, but, the second one hey, was actually cool. Hey, oh my god. Just when you thought we were going to stay in negative town, uh, whoops, Uh-oh. turn back to positive town. Oh, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Uh, last thing we want to talk about, uh, back into positive territory, although yep. oddly negative at the same time because it looks like a scary-as-fuck movie. Oh, yeah. Um, the trailer really cool, for right? Jordan Peele's new horror masterpiece, let's call yeah. it, uh, Us dropped this Which, week i mean i'm really excited just i hope he just keeps making movies because this one looks really really crazy um it almost looks like it's this crazy horror movie about like a mirror version of a yeah. family yeah and they go and try and kill the one family like it looks really scary and can we just talk for a minute though how crazy it is for me at least because I didn't really know who Jordan Peele was until Key and Peele came out. Right. And Key and Peele was hysterical. What, and then all of a sudden, a great show. I feel like one day I woke what a great up show. and Jordan Peele's making horror movies. And I was like, whoa, I mean, wait a does, minute. <laughs> and he, he, did, he did Get Out, and Get Out was phenomenal. Yeah. Right? And he really started to to build off of that um, high concept horror, you know, kind of format. And that's what I think that this is as well, you know, and now going back to, you know, the problem that I had with Bird Box, I hope that they explain it, like why it happens. Like in Get Out, they explain it. They explain everything. They explain why it happens. They give motivation behind the villains. Yeah. Right. If they don't give motivation behind the mirror universe. Right. Right. It's going to, it's going to be a letdown. But if they give motivation behind it, if there's a reason for it or reason why it's happening, even if they just call it like, you know, oh, there was a dimensional rift and like, right. just call it something like, you know, and, and like, oh, scientists were doing some experiment. Well, again, throwaway line, one yeah. throwaway 
10 second scene. And I think that I think Jordan Peele seems to be smart enough to to give you that. I, th- yeah, I think I, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Um, yeah. All right, so now it's time, as we do every week, to discuss winner of the week. Um, yeah, so we've gone a little bit long here this week. Thank, thanks for staying with us. Hopefully, oh, you uh, can deal with it. Gone <laughs> twelve we, extra minutes. Yeah, ho- hopefully we haven't gone too much into negative town. <laughs> hey, listen, again, we give you our honest opinion. We give you our honest review. We shoot from the hip. But we whether you whether you agree with us or not, we want to know your opinions. We want to know what you guys think out there. Because um, we're not always going to be right. People are going to be different. They're going to have a uh, different opinion. That's but, incorrect. Uh, we're always going to be right. Well, I mean, um, for the most part. So. <laughs> Whoa. Nope. Still here. Still oh, recording. still recording, actually. Right. So we'll go. We'll go. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll edit that in we'll post. Go, or. Editing. So, <laughs> so we uh, we like to record in the estate. We are in the, uh, the estate room. And Hal Jordan. Maybe uh, we'll keep that on. I wonder how that sounds. Matt's dog jumped off the couch and knocked the laptop. Like, Why did you the, jump uh, off the couch, big off guy? Yeah, uh, off the table. Um, so. so okay, as we were saying, so winner of the Whoa. week. When last we met, uh, Anthony predicted that Aquaman was going to take the week. Right. Um, I stupidly said Bumblebee. Well, you took the bold strategy. Uh, yeah, I took the bold strategy. If you took the uh, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes review, would have done way better. Exactly. But... Um, so let's. So so this week. As you might expect, being the first weekend of the new year, um, there's just a bunch of fucking stinkers getting released this week. Uh, are that wait? The only thing that I know that's getting released this week is Escape Room. What else right. is getting is what is getting okay. released? This week? So so that's going to be a stinker. Even though I mean, sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it hasn't been certified fresh yet. But again, right. and it's only getting released on like yeah. three thousand screens. And or and, something and just like to just to remind long. people, like we were talking about how good high concept horror is. This is a movie that's literally based on a fad that people go now do in groups when they, okay. they get drunk together so and go to, and learn to, to uh, and escape the room. So it's a cool thing to do. I would definitely encourage you guys to do it with your I'm friends. I'm not saying it's, it's a not. lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm not saying especially it's if not. you like puzzles and you like solving puzzles and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. You, you know what? You know what the last movie they built off of like a game was? Oh, it was that uh, Battleship. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, that, did, that did well. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's my. <laughs> Um, and, and it's a horror movie being released in January, like right yeah. after Christmas. Everyone's in the fucking holiday spirit. This yeah. movie is not going to win the week. Uh, no, this other movie, Rust Creek, which is good as it looks, is getting really good reviews. I don't think that's going to take the week. Yeah, uh, there's another so, movie yeah. with Gerard Butler coming out called Vanishing. Uh, it looks like it has awful audience scores despite having a very high Rotten Tomato score. Um, so I think this one is a no-brainer. I think Aquaman is going to keep rolling along yeah. and, and beat the week again. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking at some of the numbers today. I think they did another like five million dollars. Yeah, just on you know, yeah, New just Year, today yeah. on a on a Thursday or on yeah. a, or yesterday did it on New Year's Day. They did yeah. uh, you know another five million dollars on 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 uh, New yeah. Year's Day. So I think so, so. We think no question about yeah, it. We're Aquaman. both going to go with Aquaman. Yeah, definitely going with Aquaman. Um, and uh, so as we always say here at Ready Set Review. Uh, everyone is entitled to your opinion, even if your opinion <laughs> is wrong. Uh, but we would still like you to go listen to our stuff, yeah, like us, us, subscribe. Let us know how wrong your opinion is. Yes, you know? we're going to be up right now. We're only up on SoundCloud. In the next few days, we're going to be up on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So you'll have many ways to listen for all of our thousands of fans out there. Yeah. Um, and, well, come on, uh, jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, you know, come with us while it's still early. You know, get that uh, that hipster feel to it. You can be one of the first people yeah. to. You know, be a fan and say, I listened to them since the beginning. Oh. I knew Ready, Set, Review. <laughs> and also also 
go take a look at some of our recent pictures and tell us how cool oh, yeah. our hoodies look. Oh, yeah. Because I think they look pretty dope. Yeah, they are pretty cool. We'll, we will have merch coming uh, in the new year, in, yeah. in 2019. Totally. So we will get a chance to have some merch, some stickers, and some, some promotional yeah. stuff, you know? So, um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, go listen to all of our other shit. Like it, subscribe, review, and we will see you next week. Stay tuned, true reviewers.